I'm Chef. And I'm Scott. And we are track walking. Today's going to be a little bit uh, different because uh, as a co-host, I'm going to interview my co-host, sort of. Co-host on co-host um, violence. Co-host on co-host action here. Scott, you had a big weekend. Um, do you want me to ask you questions leading into it or you just want to like unload your brain? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so where, where were you? What happened? Set the stage. Probably my lack of answer shows you where my brain still is. So I was at Gridlife Midwest Festival, which takes place at Gingerman Raceway in South Haven, Michigan. And usually the Midwest Festival happens like in June. But as some of you may remember, there was COVID like in full swing kind of still at that point. So what they did, they had to delay it, essentially, just so more people could potentially come later in the year. And so that was this weekend. So it was an October Midwest Festival, but without the without the music port portion. October in the Midwest, very predictable weather as well. That, uh, boy, that's a storyline of this weekend on track <laughs> was... Uh, radical um weather changes and usually just in time for the races <laughs> um so yeah i guess going into this uh the only real changes we've had uh to the car since road america were the ad addition of some rear arrow uh that i have named the frankenwing and I name it the Frankenwing because it started its life off as a uh, one of those really cheap, crappy aluminum uh, wings that you can buy off of eBay. And it was like 70 bucks shipped. It, to sounds, it sounds awesome. It, <laughs> Tim, Tim and I can come up with some weird stuff. Usually Tim more weird than I am, but it... Essentially, what we were trying to do is we were trying to get some, a little bit more rear downforce for the car because it's always like to be a little tail happy, but without having to take the penalty that is usually associated with it. So, in the series I race, which is the Grid Life Touring Cup or GLTC for short, they have a square inch rule. So, you basically just take the square inches, and if you're under that, you don't need to take your weight or power penalty. So we are just under that. And Tim designed some of these extensions. So they're basically like really thin aluminum extensions that I JB welded across the back. <laughs> and uh, stainless steel riveted to the wing. And I had some friends of mine make the uprights and... It works, <laughs> and it actually works to the point where I need to dial it back a little bit. So that was that was delightful. What was your what was your testing regimen going into a race weekend with brand new arrow here? Uh, well, the first one was to put it uh, the ends of the wing on jack stands and stand on it to largely just see if it would implode or not. Uh, I <laughs> I figured if it could hold me. It, it that's more downforce than this thing is going to create so it should be fine and it was fine and then I put it on the car drove it down the road at uh, full tilt at like 75 miles an hour and it seemed fine so that was uh, that was our testing <laughs> until we showed up normal Normal amateur racing, uh, looks good, send it, let's see how it goes. Yeah, basically, like, the reason I wanted to test it on the street and by standing on it is, like, I didn't want a piece of it to fly off and, like, hit anybody I race with. <laughs> like, that right. was that was my main worry, and it was, it took a lot of abuse. <laughs> so, it it was good. I, I call it a success. So, Grid Life has, you have basically one session that is your your warm-up slash qualifying session right you don't have a whole lot of practice we do always get one practice session um, okay and since 
Uh, it's a long weekend. I got there early on Thursday, so we actually got a, an evening practice session on Thursday, but it was wet, um, so couldn't really test a whole lot other than just getting out there and feeling out the car and the track. So that's the so one practice you... session on Friday, qualifying, okay. and then two races Friday, and then two races Saturday. Okay. So how was qualifying? So that's your first real, like, this matters type thing. Yeah. Yeah, and the first practice on Friday was wet again. Um, so, you know, it was just getting out there again, just feeling it out. You know, we weren't sure if it was going to be dry or uh, wet for qualifying. So, you know, we went out there in the conditions we had and, you know, tried to do the best we could and feel it out and make any changes we needed to for qualifying. Uh, qualifying rolls around and we had 50 cars on track. 50. Is there a, is there a series in the country that has a single class that's bigger than that? Maybe Spec Miata at Nationals? Maybe? I I don't think I could come up with one off the top of my head. Um it's pretty I, remarkable. I I would I would expect one of the bigger Spec Miata's uh fields to get close to that. Uh the outside of like a Lemons race or Champ Car, you know, one of the right. Enduros where they just really pack them in. Right. But this is sprint this is sprint racing. This is yeah. you're running like 7 or 8 lap races all weekend? Yeah. 15 minutes yeah. flag to flag. Right. Um so how do you qualify on a lap with 50 cars? I've been out trying to do time trial on a on a course that has, you know, 18 cars on it. Yeah. And that seemed crowded. Yeah. How do you qualify with 49 other people? Well, I don't know we did it great. Um, our qualifying time was well off of... Um, no, I'm getting I'm getting this backwards. No, 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 no. Let me back let me back down. So in practice, I'm sorry. Practice it was dry. <laughs> A lot's happened over the weekend. I was gonna say long weekend. Long weekend. <laughs> long weekend. And for everybody who's listening, on purpose, Scott was Scott he was kinda like, Do I want to decompress for a few days? And I said, No, I want your brain to still be a scrambled pile of goo when we talk about this. I you, want this to be fresh and raw and you, I think we're capturing that. <laughs> you got you got what you asked for. Um yeah, so practice in the morning was dry. I'm sorry. Um it was cool. Uh, still a pretty new track. No, it was in the afternoon, so there was plenty of time attack who had gone. Uh, not much downtime, so it was good. We went out um, with the wing at 5 degrees, our dry tires, and just kind of went for it. And... Uh, we set a new personal best by outstanding, not a small margin, which was, which felt really good. Our previous best, I think, was a forty-two-six, uh, really early in the season, so it'd been a while. And we went out there and did a forty-one-eight-four, two laps in a row. That's good. So that felt great. Um. And then, I might still be getting this wrong. I can't keep the practice and qualifying straight anyway. But we set a new personal best, which was one of the goals I really had. I really wanted to get into the 41s. Um, and I think sh looking it's, at it's good to It's good to not suck at driving when you show up for one of these things. <laughs> and the car, it, that's... the car's never felt better. I mean... It was our first time running back there without a rear sway bar as well. And with the rear arrow and more experience on these tires and just things were clicking here. So it was real. Feels good. Felt good. You're like a real race car driver now. This is cool. 
<laughs> real a race car driver with a really good Becky is what I <laughs> Yeah. Crew chief we'll get to we'll do another podcast sometime on crew yes. chiefing and the the amazing importance of not having to be your own crew chief. It's, um because it's big. You only have you only have one head and if you have to wear two hats on the weekend. Uh, it's bad. So, yep. so yeah, we'll do we'll do crew chief Becky stuff at some point because she. Uh, I, I think you could say that this wouldn't happen the way it happens without her dedication and nope. knowledge and organization and all of the crew chief things. So you've qualified. Where did you qualify? Um, like position wise, because this is sort of important. Yeah. So qualifying was kind of a cluster. It like you know they were releasing cars staggered, so there were cars everywhere. Um, and things were just, you could hardly get a clean lap in. On my first flyer lap, I took a, a warm-up lap and started a flyer. I got really out of shape um, coming around turn nine and went sideways into four or five cones um, <laughs> at a, <laughs> a fairly high rate of speed. And... Um, you know, gathered the car and nobody hit me, thankfully. Um, it's always one thing to look out your driver's side door sideways at oncoming traffic. Yeah. Um, so got cleared track, started back up, and all of a sudden I just saw billowing white smoke out of the front right. And I'm like, oh, crap. So, you know, I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the radio with Becky anyway, so I'm like, all right, I've just just screwed up uh, I see some smoke I'm gonna come in uh, so I came in and they uh, she and one of the marshals took a look into my car I had brought a cone with me uh, <laughs> back to pat back to the grid so they you were just melting it under the car uh, it did have a pretty good melt spot yeah yeah uh, so they cleared that and I went back out and um, was able to um, I was passed by one of the front perennial front runners, Aaron Lichty, and he and I all of a sudden got clear track, and I'm not in danger of being faster than him, but I was using him as a bit of a rabbit, and um, felt pretty good. Um, you know, was running, car felt good, everything was going, set a good time, and came in. And uh, Becky did her tire temp stuff, and I pulled back into our paddock, and she said, "Good job, you qualified 14th." Holy what? cow! What? <laughs> I like I I'm I'm pretty sure I yelled yeah when I heard that, but like it I didn't believe it, and I was talking to some of the other drivers, and nobody could get a clean lap, um, so it really kind of I think by luck and fortune more than anything I was able to find clean track and qualified far beyond what I thought I I'd be able to so now you're 14th on the grid put you uh, outside seventh row yep which in a, in a normal race uh, like a regular club race would be the back of the pack because that would be all the cars <laughs> there were but now you are ahead of uh, 36 cars, something like that? Something, yeah, ballpark, somewhere around there. Somewhere you're ahead of 36 cars. And uh, race one. Race one. You're um, confident in the car? You're ahead of a whole bunch of people? Fit. Yeah. What's the, going on? Yeah, I don't... More of what I do when I grid up is I look at the four cars in front of me and the four cars behind me. I kinda, okay. I like to know who I'm around, and most of us race together enough that I know, I generally know the the eight people around me, and which was a little bit of a concern this weekend because there's a bunch of new people, right? And um, actually, you know, surprisingly, and I asked Jabay this and um, the race director, and he said that we only had one new person. It's just everybody finally came to the same event. Well, just everybody came. Yeah. Okay, well, that's actually really, really good because you... Yes. Like you say, it's always better racing with people you know, people you can trust. Um, yes, it helps. Uh, especially with that many cars on track. Exactly. I, I know I've raced with them. I know kind of what they're like. 
Um, I know how they track out when they're on the outside and the inside and a uh, good group of women and men. So took a look at that. Uh, we grid up, we're on our dry setup. Uh, we angle the wing up a little bit uh, to 10 degrees and we're on grid just waiting. And um, this weekend we did two warm-up laps instead of one uh, because it was quite chilly. I think the high we ever saw was like 54 degrees. Yeah, there was a lot of stocking caps and sweatshirts and things when I was watching the yeah, live feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, grid it up, and we go out for our first pace lap, and towards the end of our first pace lap, it starts raining. So... 50 degrees and raining. Race weather. Good stuff. So, I'm now I'm on 100 treadwear tires, nearly the entire rest of the field is on slicks so it's like okay let's <laughs> uh let's see how this goes uh and i've got a little bit of experience on these tires in the rain at mid ohio and they weren't great <laughs> um just very edgy and uh when they go they go and it's hard to kind of get them back but uh we went out there and had a uh I'm typically good at race starts. Um, I'm getting better anyway and have a good start. Can you see, are you watching, I know you're only, you're only back in row seven. Yep. Are you, can you see the flag yes. man as you do that? Okay. I wasn't sure. I've never done, I've never done a race start in a car before. Yep. So I've always wondered as you get farther and farther back, there's got to be a point where you kind of can't see the guy and you're reacting to the people around you instead you you listen for the um, buzzing of a lot of tiny high-strung four-cylinder engines <laughs> all right that's that's a lot of it which is hard because uh, not everybody stacks up really tight so a lot of people are kind of rolling into it before the green right um but yeah, so get off to a good start. Uh, I think I jump one or two positions uh, in the first corner or two. Um, and first couple laps, I, I think I you know, slipped up a little bit, lost a couple positions, get back on, uh, keep going. And then a couple laps later, going into five, and it's just continually raining. <laughs> and uh, apparently... The entire track... The entire track at this point the is whole, wet, so it's not just track. part of the track. The whole thing. The okay, whole that's even. It's a little bit better because you can. When you have half the track that's wet, that's always a mess. So yeah. uh, I'm looking at the bright side here. At least the whole track is wet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, predictably slick. There you go. Um, so I I start driving a w my wet line, um, trying to hunt for where there's grip and. Uh, my my line into five when it's wet is to break on the outside and stay outside uh, because there's actually a fair bit of grip out there. But I must have braked five feet later than I did the lap before, and the car just got just a fuzz sideways, and I just knew it's like it's I'm gonna go off <laughs> here. So kind of pointed it straight off and went off, and as soon as I hit the grass, the back end slid out a little bit so um and it died so i restarted it and meanwhile i'm watching just a huge huge pack of cars go by uh yeah i think about 15 pretty quickly before i get it back on track and underway um and really the rest of that race you know just managing the car it's just um, I think I ended up 25th or 27th or something like that. Um, okay. So not a not a great start, um, but it was we made the best decision we could. I think only three people made the call to go out on their wet tires, and they did very well. But everybody else is just struggling. Right. So that's race one. That was race and, one, and uh, you were in a brilliant position. Um, and, uh, you went off the track, went off track, such as, such as racing, right? Yeah. This is, this is what happens, but, happened. uh, the, the consequences for that is now, um, the grid for the second race is set off 
the finishing position from the first race, correct? Um, we do it a little bit differently. So starting order okay. race two from race one is your single fastest lap. Oh, okay. Grids you for race two. So I'm pretty sure I finished 27th. So I started race two, 25th. <laughs> so that's about right then. <laughs> it felt felt pretty accurate. So okay. Yep. So now you're in the middle of the pack. Middle solidly. Yep. And the we go out at 7:20 as a dusk race. I was I was not expecting it to be as dark. As it was. And I think part of that is, you know, I'm a thousand miles south of where you guys are. Yeah. And I and I looked at it, what time it was going to be, and I was like, oh, you know, that's... I, I actually thought, I hope the sun is below the trees by then. Because yes. racing when the sun is right at the tree line is always a problem to come around the corner and have the sun in your eyes. And that was, when I looked at what time it was, that was my concern, is that you guys would have to deal with that. And then I looked at what it actually was, and I was like, "Oh no, this is a this is basically a dark race." Yes. Like, is so we I, did I, theoretically it could be darker, but not a whole lot darker. Yeah, we we did a a sunset race at Autobahn, and the the visibility with the sun was a little bit of an issue, but it wasn't too bad. But yeah, this night it was it started at dusk and it finished dark it was you needed headlights yes and turn four was a black hole um it i almost missed it and turn four is a kink but it's (laughs) it's a kink you got to pay attention to otherwise you just go way into the grass so race two uh we grid up go out on our uh rain tires because it's cold and it's damp and that's what it is um don't to be honest i don't remember a whole lot about this race other than uh i i know i got a pretty good start um but everything after that was really holding on um with the visibility and I didn't have, I didn't reset my brake bias. Um, so I was, you know, having some friend in lock up here and there and just hunting for grip. And my, our wet tires are the tires that we commute to and from the track on, which are also from the 2018 one lap of America. (laughs) They are, so (laughs) they are two race tires. Yeah. You know, (laughs) They're 205 Continental Extreme Contact Sports, which are very narrow for our car, uh, but are well certainly for your current power levels. Yeah. Yes, um, but are great at channeling water, um, right. but just not the grippiest. But I, I've driven them quite a bit. I actually like them a lot as a tire. But yeah, same tire I ran in uh, in 2019 for the same reason. Yes. Uh, uh, good, good tire, inexpensive, functionally decent track tire, yep. and when the world turns to complete crap, they got you. Um, they work, yep. which not all of the not all the two hundred treadwear tires that that class of tires will will work no. when things have gone completely pear shaped. Yep. So, and the ECSs um, are three hundred and twenty treadwear or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're rated at. But I'm starting to not believe Treadwear anyway. It's yeah. sort of a, it's very much a made up number. Um, yeah. That probably correlates to something somewhere, but uh, not to each other across brands. Certainly. Not in the real world. No. So you've got ECSs on, uh, ECSs skinny ones. On. It's raining, and you survived. Yes, and that's. I was exhausted just mentally, like my eyes hurt, um, trying to strain to see, um, you know, trying to phase out like the, the bright lights, like in the car and in my rear view mirror versus like the pitch black dark of turn four and turn eight. Um, just a lot of focus. Um, and if you've ever had to focus really hard combined with a little bit of fear, I was just exhausted Um, mentally. I just, as the kids say, I just, I couldn't even. 
after that race. <laughs> uh, I I watched all you guys run that, and then I thought, holy cow, at Le Mans they do that for two hours stints. I don't know at night. how. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Part of it is they do legitimately have better lights on the front of their car. I have. Right. I have um, HIR bulbs in my headlights, okay. which are the best headlight bulbs you can put in, um, but they're still stock headlights. So I think eventually yeah. I would I'd like to get some real LEDs up front and really kind of angle them out like 45 degrees, 35, 45 degrees off to the sides. Right. But you know, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to look forward and off to the side like you normally do if, if that off to the side is complete pitch black. Yes, yes, it's it's relying on a lot of visual markers that you just have to trust. And I I was having a hard time trusting a whole lot of things uh, that race. So, but we survived, and then we had beers and food. Um, Good. Which was delightful, and I think I went to bed by like eleven because I was tired. <laughs> oh, you're such a grown up. That's fantastic. I know. It's great. I woke up at ten or no eight. I'm sorry. Like I never sleep that late. It was delightful. It was awesome. I'm old. That being this is this is the we we call this uh, a, a mature racer where you've uh, matured into the role of uh, responsibility and stuff. I like that. Yeah, we'll go yeah. with that. So um, we're uh, we're now into heartily into day two. You've done two races. You've got two more. Yep. So, um, um, so we watched the top ten shootout, uh, which basically they take the top ten from race two, uh, put them on track individually, and have them do a single flyer lap, and that time seeds them um, for race three. So it's kind of the top ten can get moved around and stuff based on their flyer lap okay uh go out for race three race three is dry um we go out in the daylight in the daylight like we actually had a little bit of sun um felt good put the wing where we wanted it to put the dry tires on um i remembered to play with the brake bias a little bit to you know be sure we were good in the dry and go out had a killer race start got like three or four people going into turn one and just start moving cars feeling good i'm feeling good Uh, i think we made it up to we watched the live stream i think i made it up to 14th 15th wow you started at 25th again yeah 25th Somewhere in the okay. mid mid teens, fifteen, fourteen to seventeen, somewhere in that range, um, and was passing, catching people, passing people. Um, found, you know, found some of my more, more favorite passing zones and stuff like that. So really, things were flowing. And four four hot laps in or so, uh, brakes started to develop a shutter. It's not atypical, but you know, I took note of it <laughs> and um, passed a few people and was kind of by myself. Um, I'd created a decent gap behind me. I had uh, another car or two ahead of me with a decent gap and might have been able to close it down. And I go into turn seven, and the brakes don't break quite like they usually do. I'm like, huh. That's disconcerting. (laughs) So I took note of it. So as I came around turn eight and turn nine into turn 10, which is a um, slightly downhill uh, braking zone into um, kind of an off camber downhill turn in. I braked about. I feel like when we po- we when we post this podcast, I, f- I feel like we need to post a link to the track map probably, for everybody who wants should. to like like well and truly fo- to follow along. You can look at a track <laughs> map, listen to the explanations. So um, I I go in and I break about half a marker sooner than I usually do, just to see you know what's going on with these brakes. So hit the brakes early, and it goes to the floor. 
this oh, is that's fun. N- not a an experience I've I've had before at speed. You you've never had complete brake failure before? Nope. Um, cool. So I did it once. I quick came up and tried it again. Nothing. So I send it down into the grass in the apex, trying to make my run as long as possible. And when I knew I had too much speed to get it stopped on track, I threw it sideways to try to scrub speed before I hit the grass. Because on this particular turn, once you hit the grass, you go downhill fast. (laughs) And I knew if I would kept on just straight, I would be way, way off to the point where I would need to go get towed. Um, Okay. That, That tends to ruin your race. Yes. So I threw it sideways, do uh, what I believe is probably a 360 going down the hill, come to a stop. Uh, this was after many ex- expletives. Um, yeah, I, I radio that I'm okay, uh, get the car started and going. The car feels fine, get it back on track, and I throw my hazard lights on. Um, I think one person passed me early, but then I had clear track. Tried the brakes just real quick. Nothing. So I'm like, all right, I'm coming in. So came in, um, you know, and I'm rating, talking to Becky this entire time. Come in. I'm like, all right, we got to get this thing up on jack stands immediately. Wheels off. Like, we got to figure this out because something terrible has happened. Right. Um. And I could kind of pump them at that point, and they'd start working. So okay. I wasn't sure master cylinder would have a leak somewhere. I don't know. So we come in, and I'm haven't processed at all what just happened. I just know that I'm on high alert. Super, <laughs> lot of lot of anxiety, lot of frustration. Take it all. Kind of get all the adrenaline uh, with a brake failure. Yes, and I'm just, what the, what the f? Um, so we right. take, take the wheels off. Um, one of our friends comes over, is helping us. We take the front two off. I'm looking around. Nothing looks weird. They're looking around. Nothing looks weird. I look in the engine bay. Everything looks fine. I walk around to the front, and what do I see? But the duct tape that we had put on before race two in the rain over our braked ducts. Yeah, I was going to ask you earlier. I was like, you know, this is this kind of brake failure is interesting because you wouldn't really think of a temperature issue running around. I mean, at this point, it's like maybe 55 degrees. Yeah. But that's not the kind of day that you have temperature-related brake issues. Correct. Usually. If you have brake ducts. (laughs) But if your brake ducts are not ducting, Uh, that can happen, eh? And I saw it, and I just... I, like, sat down across from Paddock, and I just stared. I'm like, how... Now, granted, it's a black air dam, and I put black duct tape. So next time, I'm not. I'm using like caution yellow was, duct tape. I was just gonna tell you, I will. I will mail you a care package <laughs> of the brightest duct tapes I can find. Yeah, and um, I it, uh, truly, it would. I mean, as soon as I looked in in pictures and stuff, I'm like that. It may look good, but that doesn't help you remember that it's there, which. Right. So I saw that and um yeah, I'm like crap. You know, we've we've got to b- bleed the fluid cuz it's toast. Right. Um luckily one of our friends had an extra bottle of the stuff we had been using. It's good, it's fine. And I had to go because I had to instruct. So Okay. which is hard for me as well because I like to be the one at least helping with things, doing the things. And this year on several occasions, I've had to walk away from the car. Just trust that Becky and anyone she picks to help her can take care of it. So I walked away and I, uh, I did my instruction. Got yourself calmed down. So you didn't, uh, 
because you in general the, as an instructor you need to you need to calm your students down and probably walking into that being completely jacked on adrenaline is not the best thing for an instructor well and the part of the good thing with this situation is grid life does uh, observation model instructing ah that's right i had forgotten that so at the time like i said hi to my students like we had we had touched base earlier and basically i just said you know all good all good awesome we'll you know we'll check in afterwards so i got to kind of sit sit on top of the truck watching students commenting and just yeah just lower my cortisol level a little bit and uh, and chill so that was that was a thing <laughs> sounds fun yeah sounds fun and then uh, race four wasn't long afterwards. Um, yeah, it was a very short time. It was like half an hour between races, something uh, like that. Hour and a half, but yeah, not long. Okay. And especially, you know, I I had my, you know, my instructor duties to perform in there too, so it wasn't long. Right. So um, Becky made the call to go out on our our wet setup because you know it was looking like rain. So it's like, all right. Um, you know, I checked over the the brake bleeders. Just we had some issues early on with those. Just wanted to double check for myself because Kevin has having some car trust issues at this point. Um, right. You know, as you do when you're yeah, been, lose brakes at ninety that. miles an hour. Um, right. Fortunately, Gingerman is a very safe track, <laughs> and so I there wasn't anything quite there to hit. So race four, we go out, um, almost everybody on their wet setup and we go out and it's, it's sprinkling a little bit here and there. We start the race. Um, I start the race. Another dark race. Dark ish. Yeah. We started a little bit earlier this time because of the previous night. Um, somehow I started 30th. Um, I know there had been quite a bit of attrition the race before. Um, and yeah, the grid was down to like 36 cars or something it was, at this point. It was small. It was a small group. Yeah. <laughs> I love that 36 is small. That's I, hilarious. I know, right? <laughs> um, so went out there, you know, we had our two warm up laps and went, I, again, I had a really good start and, um, it was kind of sprinkling here and there. And then it just stopped on like lap two or three and the track felt really pretty good so here we are on our uh, commuter 300 treadwear street tires against a bunch of cars on Hoosier wets which (laughs) don't like heat at all no no and guess who cut up the field pretty good on there you go tires um one of our, one of another our, pat, f- another pat on the back for the crew chief and uh, the brilliant call right there. Yeah, uh, a couple of our friends went out on their slicks or full dry tires and they did very well. Um, but again, just you know, still great, felt good, uh, got a lot of practice passing, which was a whole lot of fun. Um, and then coming into turn one. Uh, I approached two other drivers. Um, both have been in the series for a long time, and uh, they were side by side, and I was kind of right behind them. And coming around turn two, which is kind of a early apex, but tight-ish right-hand corner, they came out side by side, and I kind of did a little bit later of an apex and was able to get on the uh, on the right of both of them going up the short straightaway. Okay. And so we were breaking and going down. My cat just uh, found his way down here. Um, <laughs> the door just opened. It was <laughs> terrifying. Um, and so we were heading into turn three, and uh, it's a late apex, very tight corner, but it's got a an unloading section 
like right at the beginning the, the there's a little bit of a hill that goes down and then it goes back up so the car okay. loses grip and then you gain a lot of grip and go so i was on the inside of what was essentially a three wide with two other very skilled and experienced drivers and i knew this so i braked a little bit early because i didn't want to be that guy washing out into other people <laughs> Braked a little early uh the car in the middle um braked a little later so he was at least had half a car on me and i turned and I looked at my video this morning, and you can just hear tire squeal. And the car did not want to turn. And so I hit his quarter panel right behind his front wheel. And we continued on. Um, my car felt fine. Um, he continued to drive, so we kept going. And you know, I ended up passing them, and I think somebody else... Um, we ended up uh, 12th that race, uh, which is by far my best GLTC finish. And uh, they had some DQs that race, apparently. So technically, I ended top 10, um, wow. which was miraculous. And I told everybody if that ever happened, because I never thought that it would, that I'd buy everybody beers. So... GLTC drivers, it stands. Next time I see you all, um, beers are on me. Um, well, but well it, done. Admitting that publicly is very brave. But it was really and remains right now hard to celebrate that knowing that I, I hit somebody. And is that your first contact on track? Second. Second, okay. Uh, unfortunately, it's been two race weekends in a row for me, and both I feel were my fault. So that's not okay. It's not a great feeling. No. Um, now at, at Road America, when it happened, that driver and I went into another race later that weekend side by side. He on the outside again, I on the inside, and we both made made it through. So there was some sort of a redemption there that helped me. Okay. Helped me come to peace with it and this was on the last race of the weekend and you know I, I went and talked to the driver immediately he his car was a little dented he said you know it's certainly something he can fix and you know I told him you know if there's anything I can do to let me know and you know we we self-reported to the the race directors and you know, I took full responsibility. Uh, to me, it's like if I'm on the inside of anybody, let alone three cars Ooh. into this pretty tight corner, like it's my right. it's my responsibility to make sure we come out of it three wide untouched. And I did not right. do that. So that was a hard pill to swallow. And that's yeah, that's tough. So right right before we got on this, actually, I was uh, out in the garage with a fender roller, uh, trying to put my. It was it wasn't too bad, but trying to put my fender back to the way it normally normally looks. So. So that was the weekend. What this is this? I don't know if I want to ask this question yet, but. Uh, <laughs> Because I feel like this is this is like an end of the podcast thing, and I don't think we're quite there yet. But like, what did you what did you learn going through a yeah. going through four races, going through wet and dry, and a dust race and a night race and brake failure and contact in your uh, your first top ten, and there's like there's so much going on. I don't know how you distill that down. So I'll just ask you, like, what did you learn? racing this weekend yeah i think i think i learned that i need to evaluate my mindset going into the weekend better uh i knew about how many cars were going to be there this weekend and i was very intimidated uh 50 cars is a lot especially when they're all experienced gltc drivers um i was hoping to get a new personal best but not 
like really I was hoping for like if I got top 20 I figured that was going to be exceptional so I in a field that size in a field that size um and so I I don't want to say a chip on my shoulder or any like I didn't feel like I had anything to prove um I just I did not come into this weekend very confident um I was kind of feeling down on myself already that, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to, we've got our car and I'd love to do well, you know, do get a personal best. But outside of that, I just, I've, I've always kind of struggled with self-confidence and uh, my self-confidence going into this weekend was quite low. And then we had the great qualifying that we did. So confidence was very high. But then we had race one that was a low point because, not a low point, but it didn't go very well because of a mistake I made on track. And to race two that was very challenging conditions and didn't go particularly well. It felt like the, you know, the car didn't, car, I was just struggling with the car and, you know, the results I didn't feel were great either. At least if I have one or the other, I can kind of feel better about it. And then race three, you know, I felt like I got my mojo back, like I was doing well. And then four stupid pieces of duct tape that I forgot um, <laughs> put me in probably the, the sketchiest position I've ever been on track. And okay, um, really took me down. And then race four... Um, you know, kind of got back into it. So it's like, it was, it was just fighting these highs and then just get beat down and then try to refocus and get going and start doing well again. And then something else happened. And it was just this constant, like, gosh, dang it. Can I just, can I, can I just have like half a day, man, half a day (laughs) where just things go at least. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so it was, it was tough. It was a really tough weekend. Um, it was great to see everybody, um, but yeah, I think I think my mindset going into the weekend um, wasn't the best. I think I've become I've started to become more concerned with results than on trying to maximize okay. my abilities, which I'm not very settled with right now. <laughs> Um, I, yeah. I am competitive, um, right. but at the same time, like, especially in a field this tight and with this many skilled drivers and set up cars, um, I mean, it's really just, it can come down to, they had a better turn this one lap and that's why you finished two places down. Right. Um, so yeah, that's certainly well, I one know. thing. As we've talked to each other in the past, as we've sat and chatted, uh, especially at the back of the pack for one lap, yeah. um, there there is some some degree both you and I we get along because we tend to think of ourselves as the slow guy who's doing okay. Yeah. Um, slow me out. And it sounds like, yeah, and it feels like it, it it feels like you went into the weekend with that same thought. You know, I'm the slow guy who's going to try to do okay. I would argue that your results don't have you as the slow guy that's doing okay. You're 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 the okay guy that's doing okay. Yeah, and I I'm not sh- I don't know how to handle that to be frank. Yeah. Um all this year, I mean, you know, I spent the whole a lot of time and a lot of money on that engine swap. And then get the car set up and, you know, we went wider wheels and tires, better brakes, you know, getting the car really arguably for most of the season better than I was a driver. It still is. Um, But yeah, all of a sudden, like we're, we're fighting in there, but I, but I don't want that to cost me, cost the fun and to right. all of a sudden make me want to start 
beating people rather than doing my best and seeing where that ends up. Um, and I think uh, I've started to slip into the latter or the former rather. And I'm not I'm I'm not sure I'm very comfortable with that yet. Yeah, it puts you in a different I mean certainly watching watching your finishes over the weekend. Uh that's a different Scott than I've uh watched on the live stream before. Um How how so? What I, what do you mean? Um well, because you are in in a field of 50 cars, if you're up in the mid-teens, that's the equivalent of when you have a 20 25 card field. That's like running 7th or 8th. Yeah, I guess so. Um, which, which is not a place, and I, I don't mean this to be insulting. No. You know, that's not a place I've seen you before. Me, me neither. <laughs> um, and and I'm certainly well aware when I look at that 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 what what that means. You know, I can see the live timing, and and or at least on the screen, you can see I can see the the thing. And when your name shows up in the top twenty, and then top eighteen, and then fourteen, I can watch you climb through the ranks. I can. And, and in the past, you weren't passing a whole lot of people. No. Um, you spent a lot of time going, uh, I qualified 16th, I finished 17th. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> even results. Right. And and so, to some extent, it looked like your previous season of racing, uh, so and a lot of your previous racing this year, although this year is a little bit weird, sure. was uh, to some extent a... Uh, and not really a time trial, but but you weren't you weren't passing and battling and racing to the degree that you were this weekend. No, and some of that is conditions, and, right? Whenever, and even whenever most things of this are rainy and year, cold. I mean, right? Even through you know the our spring kickoff at Gingerman, um, I was doing okay but we were still having issues and i still didn't know the car very well even at autobahn we were still having issues and you know i i had a hard again i good on race start so you know if i can pick up two or three spots initially i end up losing at least that towards the end of a race um but then at road america and here at gingerman so really just the last two events um I've actually been able to mix it up in a way I'm that I don't recognize myself yet in that, and that's it's a bit of a different bit of a different sport that you're engaging in all of a sudden. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure my new identity yet. I haven't quite made peace with that because I was <laughs> to, to be honest, like last year the whole slow Miata thing. Um, I was right. super comfortable with that it was a um back of the pack miata that could punch above its weight sometimes um but had no chance unless something catastrophic happened to most of the field no chance in cracking the top 10 so all i had to do was just focus on doing the best that the car could do and for some reason i still think that's the goal but for some reason, I've started to look outside of myself, um, my prep, my car, my crew, and the outside, like what I can have control over. I've started to look to that more than I think I'd, I'd like to. And I've it's only been really the last two events. This is, you know, I've been doing result wise I've been doing better and I've been more uh collected with the car and yeah I don't I don't recognize uh, my new identity as a driver yet and I think I in order to drive well consistently with a clear head with the phenomenal drivers women and men that I drive with I think I've I think I've got to get that I've got to sort that out yeah, you need to. I don't. I want to be. I don't want to be your sports psychologist here because I'll totally fall into th- that. This role, is why but, I'm paying you the money I'm paying you. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Um, you are driving with 
top 10 drivers, not just on the track with top 10 drivers. You are racing with top 10 drivers. Yes. And there just happens to be like if, 25 of them. <laughs> there just happens to be, yeah, they're, they're like, right. But the, the top 20 in, in a race this size, because let's assume that the GLTC doesn't go completely insane and have 50 drivers every weekend. I hope it does. But if, if they shrink back down to, you know, 30 car fields, sure. that, that's got you in the, the top 12, 15 drivers, roughly, statistically, if we just play the numbers here. So that's that's shooting, you know, if you were if you were aiming for something, that would be shooting for top 10. Yeah, I guess so. Right? And if you aren't, com- I don't think you're comfortable being a top 10 driver. I, I, th- like, I think that's wholly accurate. And so how do you drive around? How do you share the track with top 10 drivers if you don't believe that's who you are? Or that I belong there. Or that you belong there, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and, and I think that's, that's all wrapped up in the, the, same, the same thing. You don't want to feel that you're, you're accidentally in this group, yeah. right? You know, going three right. wide into a corner and I have no business being here. And, and to that be, type of thing. And to be honest, I... I wholly had that thought on track um, because okay. the car on the outside is was on the podium for not only the weekend points but for the season points. He just happened to be in a front-wheel drive car on reins and was not having a great time. Um, All right. But I was gaining on him quickly because of the tire selection, and I was – not having an out-of-body experience, but I'm just like, holy crap, I'm about to pass this guy. Even, like, all things said, like, this is unbelievable. Like, I, awesome. But you, okay, but you said, I'm gaining on this guy because of tire selection. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, Do yeah, you? yeah. What am I doing? What am I doing, Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting it, I'm still placing myself underneath i'm still humbling myself i don't want to say putting myself down but i'm i'm not owning the result i'm not owning how i did I'm, i didn't i didn't deserve to be there because if i had made you know if if my crew chief had been had been off drinking instead of making brilliant choices <laughs> yeah then then I wouldn't have been here and so maybe I don't deserve it. So this is yeah, the sports psychology thing. Maybe this this whole podcast will turn into yeah. to I get in Scott's head and turn him into a brilliant driver. I and I've got a I've got another race here in like a month, so I like these these are things I You are coming down to Nola to race? That's the plan. So I think you you might need to help a, a mutual friend of ours uh, get a new transmission in his car. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> if you'd heard about this yet. I did. Okay. I. I've. Yeah. He and I have been chatting. There was. Okay. There was some talk about me going and rescuing him, and he. He thought uh, the the we should actually we should interview him on the podcast because it's it's a fantastic story, and he's such an upbeat human that he could have <laughs> he you know, is. catastrophic anyway. failure like 800 miles from home. Yeah. And be like, that was kind of fun. <laughs> what a nut job. <laughs> but um, but but yeah, there's there's uh there's things going on. So I was talking about this, and my daughter, who races motorcycles with me, is kind of jonesing to go see a GLTC race. She's been watching them on the computer with me, and I'm like, cool. Now she can get into cars. That sounds cheap. <laughs> sounds like she needs a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, um, but yeah, that's that's really interesting to be honest. Like I, I've, you know, several years ago, I took a really big hit to my self confidence and my self talk. You know, that little voice in your head, and yep. um, and as we're literally as we've been talking and working this through, I've done I've made huge strides since then. Um, but it's clear to me that that 
that voice and that, um, which to be honest, isn't my voice. Um, but it's the tapes and the voices that I've heard long enough that it's, it's, it now sounds like me in my head. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really going to have to work on that. Not just, and not just for myself and the people I'm around and driving, but I think that's going to make me a safer driver. I I have to assume it is. Um, and again, like the, the whole thesis of the show, it's like, you know, maybe if I can do this on the track and, you know, not become cocky, but just become more confident. Right. Maybe, God, I'd, I'd hope that translate into my, my life, my normal, you know, work and relationships and stuff like that. Yeah, there's certainly there. Uh, we would hope there are parts of that 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 transfer over. Um, I think being Midwestern, normal Midwestern kids, uh, modesty is one of those things that we do very very well. Yeah. Um, and you and I get along with that well. We were both yep. very very happy and comfortable being uh, the slow guys at the back. Um, yes. And wearing wearing that that suit, wearing that hat. Um, we were very comfortable being there. Yes. Um, and I think you have carried that into GLTC. I could see that in your first year, which is, and in your first year, that was that was a very, um, it was a beneficial thing to have for a number of reasons. One, it, I think it kept your head cool in races. You weren't trying to, at that point, be someone you weren't. Sure. Um, and push the car in places it, it didn't need to be. And also you weren't just throwing money at the problem um because i i see a whole bunch of people go yeah who who have the opposite issue and and who go i'm better than that um i'm better Mm. than my finishes if i just make the car faster or if i just do this if i just buy this thing then i will get the finishes that are more reflective of who i am because because I am a top 10 driver. I just need to get the car there. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if you've seen it, but I've watched people in in pretty much all, all areas of motorsports try to throw money at the problem until their results match where they think they should be. Hmm. Um, and I think you, right now, it looks like you find yourself in, in the opposite thing where all of a sudden you are you have results that you don't necessarily expect to be your own yeah i mean all things said i mean i think and and truly like weather and tires do play into it i get that but i think like yeah, in, but but that's racing, right? Right. And, Th- that is racing. And in this field that we had over the weekend, we actually had a top 20 car. Um, and Okay, okay. And I was able to, I would be able to drive it into the top 20. And that is weird. That's <laughs> just really strange yeah. for me. Um, yeah, because even on the one lap last year, I mean, to be honest, like some of the results we were getting meant that we could have like bumped ourselves up so we could have run earlier and gotten on the road earlier. And we intentionally, right. I don't want to say sandbag, but we intentionally went out late with the later groups because those are the people I know. Those are it's kind of where I'm comfortable um, that's where you belong. Yeah, it's almost you know the the big fish in a small pond sort of thing. Like I I had fun and like I was confident there, uh, but it's it it feels like I'm it does feel like I'm the little fish in the big pond. But I think right. this weekend showed me that we might not be that we it still might be a big pond, but we might not be that little anymore. And you might be a bigger fish than you thought you were. And I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I 
think that might be a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think we should end there. I like I like this because because I feel like your brain is melting and you need to it's, just like go sit in a recliner and think about what you've done. You're a great human being. You you read people very well. <laughs> I, gen, I that's 100% I'm going to go uh I don't even know. I'm going to go do something. But All right. So uh everyone is listening. This is track walking. Track walking. And uh track walking. Yeah. And Scott can tell you where to follow us now. Yeah. Um we're on all the social media platforms. Well, Instagram and Facebook at Track Walking Podcast. Uh, you can find us on the track tuned website with our brothers and sisters, Slip Angle, Ten Tenths, and Time with Attackers. And um yeah, if you rate us review us leave a little comment or a note or something just let us know you're out there it really does help other people find the podcast which you know is great but um yeah feel free to reach out if you guys have any particular things you've been thinking about or wondering like we're definitely down for topic suggestions absolutely or if you want to be interviewed let us know yes yeah we've We've got a few people on our list, but um, Motorsports has a lot of interesting people that we are really excited to talk to. But um, soon, coming soon. Coming soon. We are track walking. Thank you very much. Have a good night.